This podcast includes discussion and material surrounding trauma, and we acknowledge that the content may be difficult. As always, we encourage you to practice good soul care and reach out to someone if you need support. Welcome to the Mindful Marriage Podcast. I'm Tara Wiedemeyer, licensed professional counselor, and I have with me Mr. Brock Yonke. Hello, everyone. I am the lead care and support pastor at Hope Fellowship and get the privilege of being the co-host of the Mindful Marriage Podcast with the Tara Wiedemeyer Extraordinaire Therapist. All right. So you ready to jump in? I guess. I don't know. This is a little intimidating. I'm not going to lie. It's going to be great. It's going to okay. be great. So before we get into the nitty gritty, yeah. you wanted to share something. <clears throat> All right. Like? So I've been trying to, like Tara, for those of you that are Star Wars fans. And Tara, Tara is not. Tara is not. Tara is like the Yoda, and I am the Padawan learner trying to figure out how uh, the brain works a little bit. So you might call me, if you want to go nerdy into Star Wars, you might call me Luke Skywalker. You might call me Grogu, Ahsoka Tano. I will not call you. Okay, any of those all right. Things. So, so anyway, here. So let me let me give the, a crack at this and see. You can correct when I'm okay. done. All right. So what happens in life is negative events. Wait. So tell them what you're doing. What are, I'm trying to summarize where we've been so far that makes sense to me about where we're going. To. Okay. All right. So negative events happen in our life. They go into our brain. And so when we have those negative events, we process them, or interpret those events, and Oftentimes, we can create unhealthy messages off of those negative events, like feeling threatened, feeling unsafe, uh, feeling a lack of trust. And so what happens then is we create some unhealthy messages in our brain, and it feels like especially they have a lot of power early on in life because our brain is still very much being adapted to life. And we can develop, like if you're in a jungle, and you were to walk down a path, and you kept walking it pretty soon, it would be a pretty good path. At first, it would be tough. It's like, so we keep telling ourselves those limiting or negative beliefs, and so we've created this... They create neuropathways. Well, yes, that's, again, I was trying to summarize. And so what happens is now, all of a sudden, that's an easy path to go down. So whenever events, negative events happen or things trigger that, we go right back to that path. And so it's easy to run back into those limiting or negative beliefs, and then, therefore, certain behaviors... So that's my attempt to summarize where we've been so far. Please critique because I'm getting a look that maybe I was no, way off. No, yes and no. Like, okay. So those neuropathways definitely are created and we can revisit them frequently. And then sometimes <clears throat> these experiences and situations that we encounter – affect our neuroception and therefore it's not just we think that way sometimes that's just how we see the world and how we act out of that place so some can be like more um often or more frequent and patterns and some might just be like kind of how you navigate the world and see it like 24 7 as well and the reason we're we're going through all this is not so we want to be able to, to honor Christ in the way that we live, and we want to be able to honor those around us. And one of the passages that I really seem to think about a lot is when Jesus was asked, hey, summarize the law for me, and he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, but just as important as love your neighbors yourself. And sometimes these <clears throat> limiting or neg- negative beliefs can h- hinder us from loving other people or being present like we should, or even being healthy ourselves. And so loving ourselves. Or loving yeah. ourselves. So we're doing this to really ultimately honor people, which honors God. And so this is a really holy process. It's not like, hey, we're outside of 
faith here. We're right in the middle of faith so we can really honor Jesus in the way that we live our lives. Yeah. And when you look at holy processes, they're not easy or usually a lot of times fun experiences. It's work and difficult and it takes time. So yeah, I agree with that for sure. And then one thing else, I want one more thing I want to say. Um, you said we create these messages. I would go further and say we're not creating them, but they they are created okay. based on lots of different things. But this is again sometimes outside of our conscious awareness. We don't get to decide how those messages kind of like play out and get set in especially early on. So we're not in control of those messages. They're, they kind of just happen, and then we go with them yes. along the way. Okay. And so last time it was fun. <laughs> we got to look at some events in my past. So what? where are we going now with all this stuff? So what we decided on um, was if Brock were to do, and I want to be clear too, I am not Brock's therapist. This is not therapy. This is just to give you guys a glimpse into what this could look like and hopefully show you that it's – maybe not as intimidating as you thought, or um, if you, you know, what would this look like if I were going to go talk to somebody about some of this stuff in my life? Exactly. And so um, we picked bullying and we were going to kind of visit that and show you guys how that has, based on Brock's just early childhood experiences, including his parents' divorce and um, his interactions with peers, like he shared last time, how this has kind of played out in his life and the limiting beliefs that we've identified and how that's kind of shaped him and his neuroception and impacted his marriage since this is a marriage podcast. Yep. So again, he has, um, he's going to be super vulnerable and transparent. So everybody give it up for Brock. Yeah, that's not you. easy. Yes. And then I have not heard these results. So I'm, gonna, I'm hearing them live right here. So this could be super vulnerable. So thank you for that. Tara Wiedemeyer. You're welcome. You're welcome. So um, any more questions? No, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Okay. I'm ready to hear. So I did give him a list and he he chose some from that. But just as he was telling me some of his story and how that kind of showed up and impacted him and affected him, um, I just took some notes based on what he said that that's what he's not heard or um, been privy to yet. So some of the things that we've identified, and this is, um, these are several things, and that doesn't necessarily, each one of these, if he were to do therapy over this, may not need to be processed, reprocessed, or cleared, but they're definitely jumping off points, and this is where I would kind of, like, I would go check on each of these with my client, and we would decide if and when we needed to do the work around these. So some of the things... Um, we have identified are, I'm not good enough, I'm a disappointment, I should have done something, I did something wrong, I should have known better, it's not okay or safe to show or feel my emotions, I have to be perfect or please everyone, I can't get what I want, I'm inadequate, um, something's wrong with me, I have to... I already said that one. Um, I can't be authentic or I'll be rejected. And so I think the biggest one out of this list that kind of showed up as like the major theme was something is wrong with me based on what Brock said. Um, so that's your list. What do you what do you have to say about that? <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, it just you feeling good. No, uh, no, it's not horrible. But it's just hearing those creates 
some emotion, uh, and I, especially as I look back to that kid growing up, I can hear those messages a lot louder in that kid's voice than I can today. But knowing um, how that impacted my life for a long time, I'm, sh- I'm sure still has uh, ways that it's showing up today. But I can really feel the, I don't know if sting is the right word, but the the, the thought of how that has had a lot of impact in, in my journey so far. Because of, because of those incidents as a kid, I really began to believe those things about myself. Yeah. And the thing with, we didn't really get into this last time because we kind of, I don't want to say got sidetracked, but we got going on something else, which I guess is sidetracked, but intentionally so. But with EMDR, the, the goal, you know, by the end of it is to get desensitized to the traumatic um, memories and and the physical sensations and the emotion that that brings up. And so it, we, in the EMDR world, call it like clearing, but like clear those physical sensations, those limiting beliefs, the, um, any of the emotional raw triggering stuff that comes up. And so getting desensitized. So you don't forget that it happens. People may not even be at a point where they can even be grateful for it necessarily, but that does sometimes happen. Um, but they, it's not, you know, if you see that person again or you you drive down that road again or you remember it, you're not going to go into fight or flight or you're not going to automatically associate, you know, I should have done something or I did something wrong or something is wrong with me, whatever the belief was, that's not going to pop up and take over when, you know, you see that person again or whatever it is that we're talking about. I know we didn't plan this, but um, quick, maybe a little side note here. So we're taking a lot of the emotional energy out of some of these events. Mm -hmm. So how how does one do that? By talking about that, by, by, that's what this process is, is like, hey, we're going to work together to take the emotional pain energy out of this event. Like, what does that process look Um, like? It looks different for everybody. And some people, when we're doing reprocessing with EMDR, some people talk a lot and throughout the whole thing. Some people only speak when I prompt them. Um, So it can, and there's no right or wrong to it. Some people, uh, their stuff kind of plays out linearly um, and and somewhat chronologically, like you're watching a movie. Some people are kind of all over the place and like in bursts. It's again, there's no right or wrong way, but because of the structure and the 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 process of EMDR, um, all of that's kind of taken into account. But we use bilateral stimulation, which is you know um, you can do that different ways, but that's we're trying to mimic the way the brain processes through information like in REM sleep, like that back and right, I mean that back and forth um, processing and movement. So that's what bilateral stimulation does. So it's kind of like clearing up what I call like emotional debris Okay. because our brains get stuck when there's trauma or traumatic stress. Our brains get stuck and can't clear that debris. So then these things can, these beliefs um, or flashbacks or the symptoms, all that stuff can keep coming up because that uh, that debris holds it all in. So what the BLS or bilateral simulation does is it clears through that so people can reprocess or process maybe even for the first time in a way that they're not going to keep getting stuck in those pieces. So if back to Star Wars again, and so everybody's got their own process to get through that. And so some it might be 
watching episodes four, five, and six first. Some people might be watching episodes one, two, and three, or uh, Rogue One, or however. It, it, it does. There's a different process for each person. It's because it's we just follow the way the brain does it. It's a very organic process, and the brain is still such a mystery um, in a lot of ways. And so we just, you know, my job as a therapist is to stay out of the way unless somebody gets stuck, and then we there's certain protocols we can use. Yeah, but. It's really to stay out of the way and let that person process yeah. or reprocess. And so just just for the the listeners, like when I was doing those latest Star Wars references, I just want you to know that Tara's eyes were tracking with me the whole time. So she feigns that she's not a Star Wars fan. But also one of the things that's interesting to me <clears throat> as a pastor is it feels like a lot of those negative beliefs, that's where I, I lo- the beauty of Christianity is that we can take Jesus back into those events Absolutely. with us and hear about his love for us. This is my beloved child, you know, and so that's a beautiful part, and that's why the the message of Jesus is so powerful that we're just accepted, even in the midst of those events that are really tough for us. Oh, There's just a, a love that flows th- flows to us. So it's yeah, cool. Yeah, and it's cool to see, like, you know, with people of faith, that comes up a lot, and w- there's a term that we use in EMDR, we're resourcing, and that we do some resourcing on the front end to help with um, the education and building confidence and stabilization piece, but also people can resource for themselves during a session. And it's so cool to watch. And a lot of times, you know, let's say there's been anger at God, which happens a lot with this and that's okay. Like it really is. It's, it's, he already knows. So to put it out there and say it um, can actually be very powerful and freeing and healing sometimes. And so, but they will, resource for themselves and you'll start to see like the anchors that they have in their faith show up and play out in in therapy sessions and it's it's really cool you know and sometimes we need to stop and pause and do some work and maybe there's you know it's it's just I love it it's so neat and it's never the same ever um and I just so each person's going to have a unique journey oh yeah and I, but I've seen the and you start to see these dots connected and people have these aha moments and they're like, Oh, that makes, you know, that makes so much more sense now that I see it this way. And, and that's the thing is just getting clarity and having that awareness. And again, that debris getting cleared up and cleaned up. It's, it's a really cool thing to get to be a part of. All right. So I got my negative beliefs. How has that impacted so my if, life and my marriage? So how would you get to that in working with? Someone? So before, we, well, we're going to tell people that, but like, so the next part would be, he, you know, he picks a, a target memory. Um, so he, if he already said bullying, so we could pick, you know, a specific memory or event tied to that. And then from that, you would pick a target image. So if we hit play on that memory that you pick, let's just say being bullied in seventh grade. I'm just making this up. Okay. Um, and I say, play that movie out. And I want you to pause it on the part that feels like the most distressing or the worst part of it to you or the part that's the most representative Mm -hmm. and freeze frame it right there. That's the image that we would start each session on while we're reprocessing, processing that, um, along with the belief. So you have a, you pick your target memory from there, you pick a target image and you have your limiting or negative belief. And so when we start a session, we start with the negative belief along with the image and start the BLS, the bilateral stimulation. Um, and that also, we didn't get into that, but that can be self-tapping. That can be um, 
light bars. I can be therapists moving their hands back and forth. Or um, I use in in the office when it's not virtual sessions, I do like electronic tappers or buzzers. And so people just hold these little guys in their hands and one in each hand and it buzzes back and forth. And so then I just, you know, I turn on the machine and we rock and roll and start talking. Yeah. And so, and it just, again, it depends on how people process, how quickly that would go or not. And so we would just keep doing that until you were reporting no distress, no negative physical sensations or um, discomfort, you know, that kind of thing. Um, we install a positive belief at the end to replace that negative belief that we've kind of cleared. And so that's how that kind of works. Yeah. And and again, Tara is not my therapist, but we did some of these things just to so I could experience it so that I can, again, share. And so, all right, how is this showing up in my life? I'm okay. ready to hear. I'm ready to hear. Come on, let's go. Let's go. So some of the things, um, oh, you have, to, oh, there it goes. Um, and then I want you to kind of, based on this, tell us how you think it's affected your marriage. Okay. okay. So um, Brock has shared that he has um, struggled with perfectionism. I mean, who hasn't? Am I right? Just kidding. Um, but perfectionism, feeling more comfortable um, being around women than men, the need to show people, the, this is um, a quote, the need to show people that I'm okay, I'm capable, and I can prove myself, feelings of anger, mistrust, shame, feeling unappreciated or unnoticed, loneliness, fear of rejection and abandonment, being sensitive to criticism, the message that people are dangerous, and that he needed to protect himself and like self-preserve. Yeah. And that's kind of what I got from that. Okay. So now I'm supposed to... Well, do you have any feedback or... Yeah, I mean, on that? those, again, as I look back throughout the course of my journey, those messages had a lot more power early on in life. They, they, see, they still have power, but it's like their power is not as... It's not as powerful uh, today. But I, as I go back, and it makes me think about my journey, especially as a younger man, early married... Um, navigating through college, navigating through early work life, man, those messages were ringing loud and clear, and they still have power, but just not as, not as much as the, as they once had. And so that's as I think about that, it, 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 oh, there's almost a little, I guess, a little remorse that man had been nice to have been able to identify these things earlier, and and not seen some of the damage that those things did to me and to others along the way. Yeah, that's fair. But at the same time, can you? And I'm not trying to can, like talk you out of the remorse because, again, everybody, I mean, you got to feel what you feel and whatever comes up is valid. Yeah. But with what you've learned up until this point, can you see how it's difficult to see this for what it is in the moment sometimes right. and how it's playing out? But, like, can you look back and be like, man, that was my body's or brain's way of trying to protect me. And so the, even if those maybe weren't the healthiest, they still sometimes protected me. Sure. Uh, and and I and I also see there's very much a, a gratitude as we think about those things to see, like I mentioned before, that Jesus going back in that journey with me. And I talked last time about that sandbox and feeling like there should only be certain people out of there seeing Jesus walk into that sandbox and let me know that I'm loved and that He's there for me as a plan for my life to help me to grow as a human being, to love others well, and to feel his love. And so there's a gratitude and a sense, and, and even a, a sense of growth now that see where I'm at today, that like, man, God has been faithful to me on this journey, and seeing along the way as I processed and worked on some of those things, to, there's, a, there's a joy, because the healing 
uh, so much healing has come. And uh, just to be grateful that, and then so that to be able to do this, something like this, like uh, as you were talking about those bullying experiences, I thought, man, 30 years ago, to think that there'd be a day that I'd be broadcasting <laughs> bullying events in my life, no way. I would have run and hidden from that. And then to say, all right, I am comfortable doing that because I know that that could be potentially meaningful for me, but also potentially meaningful for others to say, hey, this does work. This is helpful. It's worth the journey because as I process those things, I feel like I'm such a better human being to my wife, especially, and I can have so much more kindness and grace and not get, you know, because it's funny when she has negative emotions or she's having a bad day early on in my life, I could never sit in her, sit with her in those moments because it triggered emotion in me like I wanted to control everything. Mm -hmm. And to see as I've gotten older, be able to sit with her in her negative emotions or a bad day or whatever, and just be there and be present for her, realizing how much better it is for me just to be able to sit there and be present with her and not trigger my own stuff where I try to get her out of that or try to convince her, say, just do this and it'll be all over, but just to be able to say, hey, I hear you. And so I'm just so grateful for the journey of healing that people like Tara have been along the way and other people that I've gone through work with, but also grateful to God for the process he's, he's brought me through in this journey. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So how do you think some of those, like the perfectionistic or anger, mistrust, all the things I just mentioned, though, like er, in earlier days too, but just in your marriage, how have you seen that play out or even like maybe, you know, trigger Alicia or create conflict? Yeah. I mean, I definitely think as I I think about our marriage, one of the things that if I feel devalued at all, I I tend to fight really hard to get out of that moment. And so if there was ever a moment that I felt like she was criticizing me, uh, man, I didn't, uh uh-uh, I'm going to control that moment. So I'm either going to fight or flight in that moment because I'm not going to experience that negative emotion. And so it was either then to say, hey, kind of man up a little bit and say, no, 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 we're not going to do that in this house. And so to treat her with a lack of respect in those moments or just to say, walk away from that situation. And so I feel like those beliefs of any time I felt a little devaluing, I went into negative behaviors and negative thoughts very quickly. And now it feels like I can process those things a little bit better. There's still a temptation to go there, but I felt like early on, especially like just, I felt like the whole, my whole marriage was me controlling the environment. So I felt good. Mm -hmm. So I could be safe. And that's not thinking about what she needs at all. So it it became a very selfish thing. Unintentionally, I wasn't unintentionally trying to be selfish. I just couldn't deal with that, those negative messages coming my way. And so I controlled or, or flee, fled, fled, fleed. I fleed. And so in those moments, because I didn't want to go there and looking back, it had been so nice to be able to say, okay, here's what's going on. It's triggering that. How can I stay in this moment for the sake of my wife, for the sake of my children, for the sake of people that I worked with in the church, for the people I was helping to pastor in the church, it would have been nice to be able to sit in those moments a little bit better instead of just controlling with um, anger or whatever it might be. Um, or even sometimes I felt like I could try to control theologically with intellectual things, like, well, that's not really what that says. you know. And so I felt like there was just a control that came out in my life. And again, looking back, it was, man, I wasn't like, hey, I want to control people realizing now I was being triggered 
to feeling devalued. And so I had to somehow get back on top of that and say, nope, see, look, I do have value. And so I was trying to prove to everyone around me that, uh, no, no, I'm not going to go back to that spot where I was as a teenager. And it's not happening. I'm going to overcome this. And here's how I'm going to overcome it by controlling you or, or running from the situation. And that's the thing is like so much is happening behind the scenes, like internally that we may not even be aware of, but that our Spouses for sure aren't aware of a lot of times. No. So they just think, you know, this guy's super controlling or really unhealthy or mean and aggressive or I'm not saying this about you. I'm saying in general. Uh, You can say that. (laughs) um, But just, you know, they see only what's being presented on the outside. So even though these conversations can be really hard and awkward, once uh, your spouse can start to understand, like, this is where this is coming from. This is why they can start to be more empathetic and compassionate as well. Now, that doesn't mean just because they know, oh, Brock's getting triggered, so that's why he's being like this. Like, you still have to take responsibility and start to change that stuff. But they can look at it through hopefully a new lens and also be very supportive so you can start doing some of those things that you just said or like sitting in those awkward or difficult moments rather than like storming out or – being yeah, it just gives you a intellectual little intellectual com- and manipulative. Yeah, it just gives you a little compassion yeah. for the other person. Oh, they may not be able to identify it right now, but they're in a little pain. They're hurting, and so man, that's I'm sad that they're having to feel that. And again, it doesn't excuse the behavior, but it can sit, instead of just saying, "Oh, they're being a jerk or controlling or whatever," man, there there's something going on there. And also it gives you a little hope that there is a path to find some healing for all that stuff too. Mm-hmm. And it takes each person saying. As we talk all the time about staying in your lane, drawing the circle around yourself and saying, I'm going to take responsibility to do some work for my journey so that I can be present and honor God by loving this person yeah. as best I can. And you have to find new ways in marriage to do conflict, you know. Um, and for those of you that haven't listened to the earlier days of our podcast, conflict is not necessarily, that doesn't mean fighting or combat. That is literally like, you know, a disagreement. Uh, disagree- Agreement. I can't say that word apparently today. Um, or, you know, different views and just having to like kind of put your heads together and figure it out. But you have to have different ways of doing conflict or fighting fair as you heal because what worked for you in the past is not going to work for you going forward. Um, cause you're going to see that, oh, that, that's totally unfair of me or this is not how I want to show up to this, you know, just different things. So it not only changes how we see our past selves and the past itself, but how we want to like be going forward. And I just think that's really cool because that's where the freedom, well, that's part of where the freedom really is on this too. We're getting freed from the, the hurt and the trauma from the past or before, but also that freedom doesn't just stop there. It changes who we are going forward. And I think that's really cool yeah. because I think we're, con- we're supposed to always evolve and learn and keep going and do better. Yeah, I agree. Um, is there anything else that I need to dig into or is that, is that the digging for today? Um, that's all for this particular okay. <laughs> the, one that for, we chose. For yeah. the day of digging. So yeah. I, I have, I have something, I don't know if we've ever done this before, but I, I, I have a, a, a closing idea. Okay. I feel like I want to pray for for everybody. I love that. I want to pray for for that journey. So would that be all right if we if we close with a prayer? I'm all right with that, Pastor. All right, thank you. <laughs> Mocking me. All right, let's pray. Uh God, um, thank you for being with us on the journey. And so we know that this 
discussion may have brought up all kinds of emotions and hurts and ideas from the past. And Lord, I pray that, that uh, for myself, Tara, for everyone listening, God, that we would see those moments and we'd see you with us, that you are loving us, caring us, caring for us, and there with us. And so, God, we pray for the strength, that we'd all have the strength from you and the love from you to go on a journey of finding healing uh, so that we could love you and love others well. And God, we thank you that you are with us, loving us, embracing us, and guiding us along the way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Man, we are mindful today. Thank, Tara, thank you for everything. You're you're the Yoda, oh, okay. and I'm the Ahsoka Tano. Thank you for your vulnerability yes. and transparency with everybody. And guys, we hope you have a great week and that this is helpful in some way. And don't forget, if y'all have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. 